Matt up. you're in Atlanta. Have you seen Ludacris yet? I have not, but I'm actively searching. Step and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends. Your, um, I would say, the people you count on. At least I hope so. Dave Campbell's Texas Football on TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tupper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. And by the way, not to, not to pull back the curtain too much uh, on, our, uh, on our numbers, but uh, apparently there are more of you now. Yes. Uh, Hello. Welcome. Welcome. If you have just become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, welcome that, to the nerddom. Yes. Um, this is your week 10 preview with a little bit of week nine review and probably a little bit of snapshot talk uh, sprinkled in. It's your premium Texas high school football podcast. Um, and we, we are once again, the half of our show is remote. You are in Atlanta. Yes, for the day job. I am in Atlanta. Uh, just can't wait to get back to Texas, but unfortunately, I need to do a few days uh, in the eastern time zone. So. Now, Atlanta's a good food town, right? Uh, I've heard. I've heard, I've heard that. I, I have I have some recommendations that I may be trying out in the next day or two, so we'll, we'll see. Okay, good. I, I, we'll see. So I lived in Atlanta for a spell. Um, and Shahan uh, did as well. Yeah. So we've... I lived in Alpharetta, uh, which is a uh, a suburb of Atlanta. But we were there during like the Olympics. We were there like when the Braves were really good, like when they went to back to back World Series in ninety five, ninety six. Um, yeah, it was good times. I liked it. I I went to uh, I became a I became a bit of a, a a hipster Georgia Tech fan. Okay, okay, uh, the Ramblin' Wreck. Yeah, and the GT kind of, you know. Helped me too. Yeah, it's a little on brand. I, I get it. Right, exactly. Another reason why I like Gunner. You know what I mean? Um, the Gunner Tigers. Uh, this is your Week 10 preview show. lot to get to uh, from last week and the week to come. But, Matthew, we will start, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. And i got to tell you, I dialed up a good one for you. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I dialed up a very good one for you. I, I don't perform as well on these when I'm on the road. No. I seem to do better when I'm, when I'm, when I'm staring you. Uh, actually, I can't look you directly in the eyes, no. but when I'm in the same room as you. So I intentionally didn't tweet this before we recorded. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. I intentionally didn't tweet this before the, because I didn't want you to get any sort of ideas. But uh, I went through, and I have crunched the numbers on the most improved – um, offenses and defenses in the state in a points per game perspective. So, okay. for example, I can tell you that uh, the 25th most improved offense in the state uh, this year belongs to uh, Louisville. Louisville uh, averaged 24.7 points per game last year. This year they're averaging 45.3. They're the 25th most improved, right? Okay, okay. I can tell you that the uh, the most – what's the most – What's the opposite of improved? Most unimproved? <laughs> Most unimproved. The, the, the re- highest regression. Highest regression is our buddy John Fish at Bonham. They are down 32.4 points per game this year. That oh, is. Now, part of that is that they were averaging 50.7 last year. And they had a guy, they had, uh, what's Tyler Rodriguez, I think was his yeah, name, quarterback. Yeah. He was just putting up massive numbers each and every week. Yes. But in any case, Matthew, 
who is the most, from a points-per-game perspective, among UIL 11-man teams? Who is the most improved offensive team in the state from 2018? Or, yeah, from last year. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here because this is a really – this is a deep cut here. Okay. Uh, how about Mount Enterprise? Okay, that's a really good guess. It's wrong. Oh, dang it. It's a good guess. They are uh, 22nd on that list. They are up 20.8 points per game. But you're right. Kendra Miller is doing – Kendra Miller factor, yeah. Did you you listen to the show at all today? No, I have not had a chance to listen to a TFT. I I will do that when I go to the gym. I mentioned Kendra Miller on it. I gave him a helmet sticker because he keeps doing it. Like he just keeps doing the thing. Yeah. He just keeps being so Kendra Miller. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. The answer, Matthew, up 33.4 points per game. Your Katie Pato Panthers. Okay. My second guess was going to be Katie Made Creek. I think Made Creek's got to be up there, too. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be my second guess. Actually, believe surprised. it or not, Made, is, Made Creek is down. Wow, but they're seven and one. That's seven crazy. One. Okay, but the problem is, well, the difference is they have a top twenty-five improved defense. Ah, they are. Okay. They're give, They gave up thirty-seven and a half points a game last year. They're only giving up eighteen point four. Uh, the top five most improved offenses this year, and I'm going to tweet this after the show. But I was waiting. Uh, in fifth place, Harleton, up twenty-five and a half points a game. Okay. In second place, Ozona, up twenty-six point three points per game. Third place. San Antonio Veterans Memorial, kind of following along the trend of the new programs. Second place, San Augustine, which is amazing because their offense was awesome last year. Yeah. They're up 30.6 points per game this year. They're averaging over 60, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, and yeah. finally, uh, up uh, up 33.4 points per game is Katie Pato. They averaged 13 points per game last year. They're up to 46.4 this year. And, pretty incredible. And... A huge win over Huntsville last week. Clinched the playoff spot on Saturday. And they did it with defense. So, yeah. In any case, that is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Um, we can either do snapshot or we can do week nine first. Which do you want to do first? Let's go. Let's go snapshot since I'm looking at the data right now because I had a few numbers come in just a few minutes ago. So you so can find snapshot. all the snapshot numbers at TexasFootball.com. And because you're an insider, you can you can see all of them. Um, yes. Uh, were, were, the, were there any surprises to you? Were there any ones? Because you usually, you usually kind of get tipped off if there's going to be a number that is going to be like, like going to make people go, whoa. Uh, was there one that came in that you go, oh, my gosh. I don't know if it's a whoa, but you know some of some of the notable ones. Uh, Shadow Creek is definitely going six A. Oh my! Uh, they're they're twenty seven ninety two right now, <laughs> and this tells you the growth uh, in 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 that school district. Um, I'll tell you a, a few Fort Bend. Fort Bend Kempner is, is probably going to drop down to five A. Um, there's there's a couple of other Fort Bends that I think are going to be uh, on the border of going 5A. Uh, Amarillo Tascosa turned in 2186, which I and Longview turned in 2186.5, which I, I think both of those are going to drop to 5A, which is big for that West Texas Little Southwest Conference yes. district because now I think you're going to see Abilene and San Angelo go back out west uh, into that district. Um, and kind of have a more traditional alignment out in uh, West Texas. Yeah, that's um, probably good news. How, how about down in the Valley? Edinburgh Vela turned in 2142. Really? That, that, that is going to drop them to 5A. Yes, 2142 for Vela. 
I um, gotta tell you, Beaumont, Beaumont United and Mansfield Summit are under 2100 in dropping down to uh, 5A as well next next alive. I got to so. tell you Edinburgh Edinburgh Vale in 5A D1 region 4 is That was a surprise. Interesting. Was, yeah, in the Metroplex, uh, you got a few schools I think going back to 5A Division 1. I, I think Justin Northwest and Midlothian mm-hmm. um, are both going to be in 5A Division 1. Um, and then I think one thing that I talked about uh, in the uh, on Twitter was the uh, also Royce City and North Forney. Um, are likely moving from division and Burleson Centennial. So a lot of movement from division two to division one and five A in the Metroplex. One thing I'm keeping an eye on is is in El Paso with the five A division one uh, split because right now it's a six team district in five A division one. Mm-hmm. And it looks like El Paso Eastwood and El Paso East Lake are both moving to six A, which leaves basically four teams in five A division one in El Paso. Um, you're probably going to see Chapin drop to Division Two and Jefferson move into Division One. So you, you're looking at Jefferson, Del Valle, uh, El Dorado, and Bel Air as the only uh, Division One schools in Class Five A in El Paso. I think the UIL is going to give them a four-team district. Now, non-district scheduling is going to be a nightmare. My guess is they'll probably do like a round-robin schedule. They'll play each other twice. Yeah. In in, in district play, just to fill a schedule. But I, I don't think the UIL is going to send them send them east because you're going to have a full um, district out in West Texas with the four Amarillo schools and the three Lovett schools um, possibly being um, in that mix. Uh, another school to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on Lubbock Cooper. Lubbock Cooper and Alito, two powers kind of yeah. out that, that are in Division Two right now. Both of them, Lubbock Cooper turned in 1851. Alito turned in 1859. That is going to be right on the potential Division One, Division Two split in Class Five A. You can see both of them move up into Division One. Yeah, because for those who, uh, I believe the 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 Six A cutoff was twenty one eighty nine last year. Yes, um, and it figures generally it it, it inches up. Yeah, if I had to guess, I think it will go up. I don't think it's going to go up quite as much as it did last time. I think last time it went up by over over 50 kids. Uh, if I had to guess right now, and this is just, just me spitballing, I don't have all the data in front of me, still collecting numbers. The number that I'm kind of working with right now is a 5A, 6A cut is going to be about 2220 to 2230. Somewhere in that range is kind of what I'm looking at yeah. um, at the moment. As And then for, for the 5A Division One, Division Two split, uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm kind of setting my number at 1850 and kind of working up or down based off of that right now. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you that like that's that would be. I mean, if Alito goes up to Division One, I, I mean that reshapes everything. Oh yeah, it's 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 a massive shift. It would be a huge shift that. Um, yeah, is is going to be very interesting, and of course, everybody. Uh, I know there's always people who who uh, hype who like to. Oh, what am I saying? Uh, who always like to play the uh, conspiracy card uh, for Highland Park? Highland Park turned in twenty two oh nine. They are probably once again going to be right underneath that. Yeah, that number. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it is literally amazing how they're always right around that cutoff line. Yeah, they are. They're just they're right right around there. But you know, the, you know, just go out there and beat them. If you, if you got a problem with them, go go out there and beat them. Uh, Just take take the Frisco Lone Star model. Yeah, Frisco Lone Star model. The num- the highest number you've turned in we've got so far, by the way, if you're interested, is Louisville. Louisville is at forty four sixty six. Now Allen and the Planos figure to be larger than that. Yeah, we don't really worry too much about getting Allen and Planos numbers. I mean, if we get them, we'll post them, but we're sure. not super. It's not that. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, but in that kind of uh, morbid way, I guess. In a, mor- <laughs> in a morbid Just- way. 
it's 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 seven thousand student watch for Allen. We're, yeah. we're we're just wait, waiting for Allen to turn in a number over seven thousand. Yeah, so with, we can start with a seven. Then it'll be we can be amused at the ridiculousness yes. of it. Uh, anyway, all the numbers are up. Uh, all the numbers we got for the for the snapshot are up at TexasFootball.com for insiders. Uh, week nine came and went, and it was a. I feel like. If you are the kind of person who only pays attention to the top 10 uh, in each classification, um, then like last week was a pretty boring week. But if you're somebody who digs into like the like the other results that are going to have like major playoff implications, then it was a super like like if you're a nerd like us, right? Yes, if you're a nerd like us, then it was a super interesting week with a lot of like I mean, I would say upsets. Is what you would throw out there? I mean, there were some, there were some upsets, some, some for sure. I mean, we, let's start. Katie Pato over Huntsville on Saturday. That was huge, huge for that program. That's that's a that's a program defining win for that program. Yeah, I mean, there, to beat it's, it's to the, beat a team like Huntsville. It's the biggest win in program history. Now that's you know that's not saying a ton because it's only been around for two for two years, but that is a signature win uh, to go out there and and, and knock them off. Um, that is very impressive, and you know now if you're Peyto, you got to feel pretty good about the second about the second seed. Have they already played Lamar Consolidated or not? Or is that- uh, I, I know I know Huntsville played Lamar Consolidated. I don't I believe Peyto has played Lamar Consolidated yet. Let me see here. I'm looking this up. Uh, no, they play in week eleven. Play in they play in two weeks. So that'll so be that- that'll be for the for the for the second seed probably. Um, Potentially, because you know Huntsville's still got you now. Huntsville basically done playing um the contenders yeah you, you gotta think Huntsville's probably gonna finish five and two yeah uh Pato right now is four and one Lamar Consolidated is three and two if Lamar Consolidated beats Pato in uh week 11 then you have a three-way tie and it's gonna come down to points yeah. that kind of thing which I think Huntsville might have the edge um and that because they beat they beat Lamar Consolidated pretty handily and, so and by the way that's not a small thing that could be talking about um, that's a home game. Yes, that's a home game. And uh-huh. by the way, if there's a four team, if there's a three way tie for for second place, that means that somebody's going to finish fourth, and that probably means a trip to Marshall in round one. Yes, and and then the third place team is going to have to go to probably White House. Yeah, White that's House. a long road trip. Yeah, at the very least, it's a long road trip, and a White House team that's playing really well right now. Yes. So, yeah, that was that was pretty stunning. How about? Uh, and I know I it's me and Craigway's favorite district. But Bastrop over <laughs> Brenham stunning, was stunning a upset. shocker that came across my, my Twitter on Friday night that was just like, what? Yeah, Owen, Bastrop, 0-4, they lost four in a row and are 0-4 in district. And basically their season was on life support. And they're still a long shot to make the playoffs, but but they're at least they, – they have a pulse at this point still. Yeah. Um, to beat Brenham, who was undefeated at 4-0 in district, just amazing. 13-5A Division II continues – uh, to just give us bonkers results the last two years. I mean, I, I saw a game in that district the first, well, Thursday that ended Friday, uh, Pflugerville-Weiss continuing their magical season with a uh, defensive struggle, but a win nonetheless over Georgetown ECU 14-7. to It um... – so they, How about Corpus Christi Miller? Corpus Christi Miller, man. I'm telling Doesn't, you. Again, two weeks in a row, big, big route. They, they were down tw- – I, I put the, the – I, I tweeted Quentin Martinez's uh, – I put it in our Slack chat. Mm-hmm. Corpus Christi Miller was down 23 to nothing in the first quarter, and Veterans Memorial was driving to score again. And then they get a fumble return for a touchdown, and that game completely flips around. It's unbelievable from Holy. Justin Evans' ball club. Um the other one, you know, the other kind of under the radar results that kind of um, jump out to me is 
I think that 21-6A is a mess. Um, and that could, yes. I, I, I tweeted about this. There is, it, it's still probably, I still think Deer Park's probably making the playoffs. Probably. But if they don't, then, like, you only need one other thing to happen, and Westbrook goes D1. Yeah, it's 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 with the, it's it's a reasonable assumption to make that they could potentially. And if there's and, um, and if go they're going one. if they're going D one right if they go D one, it's twofold. One, that region gets even division one region three gets even more ridiculous. But two, it is tumbleweeds in division two region three. Yeah, like it's yeah. like the highest rated team in the computer rankings. If Westbrook goes to the division one, is Cy Creek. Cy Creek is fine. They're but fine. They're like five and three. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. Are you are you ready to sound the alarm bells on Rockdale? Yes. Are you officially oh, worried about them? Dude. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm worried about. I'm worried about their defense. I don't think they can stop anybody. Yeah. That's two There's... weeks in a row that they got and and you know, you know, look, they got torched. They got torched by now. Brain Brashear is a good quarterback, and Yo's Yo's a good team. That's a rivalry game. Yada yada yada. But still, that's two in a row, and they're probably going to Grandview. Like they're probably going to take on Grandview in the first round. And it's probably over. Like, really, truly, like we were. T- this was a team we had ranked like fifth in the state. That now, because they lost to Troy and then they lost to Yo. Like now, yeah. I, mean, I mean, huge game this week with Troy and Lago Vista. You know what I mean? Like massive game in that district. Here's another. Can, can I can I do one thing real quick? Sure. I'd like to break some news. Ooh, breaking news. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna timestamp it. It's 2:22 on Monday. <laughs> it, it's not like big news, oh, but it's for, for us internally, it's breaking news. I just received an email from Delbert Kelm. Oh my God. Delbert Kelm, we're in the insider. Del- Delbert Kelm is an old school coach who we, we always have an, uh, amusing conversations about because he still faxes his questionarian. Uh, I have an email from Delbert Kelm, and I'm no amazed by this. True. So I'm going to gonna forward this to you because it's. It, I think we should frame it. I have never received an email. I have received a forward from somebody from an email that Delbert Kelm sent, but I have never. I've received one from the from I think the athletic um, administrative assistant. Yeah, Delbert Kelm may not have actually sent the email, but it's it's from D Kelm. Oh my so god! I'm amused by that. I, I just forwarded it to you as we need. That to is. That. That is astonishing. That is the yes. big, that is the biggest news of the week. Um, yes. Okay, one other district to talk about. Is it possible that seven three A Division One is just like not all that great? It's weird. I, you know, I, I've still got a little belief in hooks at this point, uh, but a good, um, a good win last week over Mount Vernon. It's a good win for Mount Vernon. They're they're I believe seven and one. Seven and yeah, one. they're seven and one right now, and they're four and zero oh in district. They've clinched at least um, a share of the district title. But you know they got to beat Jefferson. You know yeah. Jefferson is still kind of lurking, even even though they lost to Atlanta last week, who the week before got hammered by Mount Vernon. So yeah, this district you, you've got Hooks at four and zero, oh, Atlanta and Hugh Springs at three and two, and then Jefferson and Mount Vernon both. I just both at two and two. It's like one of those things that I just I'm starting to wonder if like maybe that district like it just isn't very good and it's just like or at least it's just a lot of evenly matched teams that are all pretty mediocre that are going to get to the playoffs and get hammered. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird district. The playoff. I, I'm not envious of these playoff scenarios in this district. It's not going to be fun to figure this out. No, like right now. Um, well, the thing is, they match up with District Eight, and it's like, I mean. 
You know who's going to win this or Tate, probably. Well, I mean, it'll be the winner of this week's game. Sabine and Gladewater. And Sabine. Gla- Sabine is the, is the surprise because Gladewater has been one of the bigger disappointments. Yeah. But now I think Gladewater to play for a state title this year. They're yeah. not They're not exactly invoking a lot of confidence. No, they're not. They're 5-3 and three right now. Um, now, I am very – but Sabine wouldn't beat Mineola. Man, that's unbelievable. Anyway, uh, but then the, the another thing in 3A Division One. I think it's under the radar because, like, everybody everybody paid attention to Wallen, East, uh, Wallen Eastland, Wallen Eastland, you know, the, the that defense against Baron Morton, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but Clyde over Jim Ned? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, Jim Ned's two weeks in a row scoring just seven points. And by the way, Jim Ned's still got to play Eastland, right? Yeah. And if they drop that game, they're finishing fourth, and they're playing pilot point in the first round. Yeah. And not uh, not fun. No, it's although they may have in a weird way they may have just ended up ducking Brock in the first round. Although Brock, Brock and Boyd this week will be interesting. Brock and yes, Boyd that's a big game. big game. Anyway, that's week nine. Uh, complete coverage of week nine. If you're still interested in that, at TexasFootball.com. On to our draft, Matthew. We have a number of new subscribers, so we probably have some new listeners. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Here's how it works. Steph and I go back and forth picking games. Uh, games we are most interested in in week 10. Uh, once it is picked, is off the board. We do five rounds, and then we wrap it all up with our hipster game of the week, a game that you are not thinking of, but is very, very interesting this week. And so we did the coin flip beforehand. Matt Step won the coin flip. And so Matt Step gets the first pick. Matt Step, your first pick in the week 10 Tep and Step draft. I'm going to start in our favorite classification, class 4A, yep. Division One specifically. And I'm going to interest you in a trip to – are you interested in a trip to Brownwood? I could do that. For a top ten matchup as Waco La Vega visits Gordon Wood Stadium to take on the undefeated Brownwood Lions. Mm-hmm. And I am super fired up about this game because I think it's, a, it's, it's going to give us a great litmus test to see if Brownwood is a viable regional title contender. But I'm also intrigued to see how La Vega handles going into a really, really hostile road environment um, a long way from home. Now, La Vega is used to traveling, and they, they played in Argyle, and they've gone down to Austin and played LBJ. But I'm not sure they've ever, they're, they're going to experience an environment like they're going to get on Friday night in Brownwood because Gordon Wood Stadium is going to be uh, a buzz mm-hmm. uh, because Brownwood is 8-0, and they have looked – fantastic most of the year and last week they went to stephenville on the road in a rivalry game and beat stephenville 38 22 in a game that really wasn't that close stephenville got a window dressing touchdown late in the game and that was pretty impressive for me for brownwood to do that to stephenville because even though la vega beat stephenville much worse the week before it's a rivalry game Mm -hmm. and it was in stephenville and for brownwood to go into stephenville and pretty much control the game start to finish has been really good and and it's been their defense brownwood's defense all year forces a lot of turnovers they get people off the field and they give their offense the ball um in in short fields it's been key for them but la vega their, their offense doesn't they don't la vega doesn't turn the ball over much and they've got a lot of speed. And so that's going to be a big test to see if Brownwood can keep La Vega from getting the edge in this game. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I think we look at Region 2 in 4 Division 1 and we say, okay, Argyle, they are, they are in that mix, right, Undis- undisputedly. Uh, La Vega, defending champs have to be in that mix. Sure, um, sure. I would even I would even say I still think Salina and Melissa are viable contenders in that region, right? Mm-hmm. 
basically the question is, can we add another team to, the, to that list? Yeah. And I think Brownwood beating La Vega, obviously we would add them to the list, but if they can play La Vega tough, mm-hmm. I think you've at least got to put them um, in that, in that next tier. But, you know, the thing is, is Brownwood's ha- off to a great start, but they haven't played, you know, this, this is their, easily their biggest test of the year oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about and it's a it's a different kind of test than brownwood's seen all year because they have not seen a team that can throw the kind of athleticism and toughness yeah. on the field that la vega brings to the table i mean the, the pirates last week they play china spring on the at home and they do what they're supposed to they drill china spring 49 to 49 17 they jump out 21 nothing right off the bat with three big plays they score i think 21 points on like nine plays in the first, you know, first quarter and just put the game away in the first quarter. They did what they do. They, they used seven different ball carriers, ran for over almost 400 yards. That is, that is a La Vega pirate football game to a T. If Don Hyde could script the game, that's exactly what he would want uh, in a game. And I think he's going to try to use a similar result this week. You know, the thing about Brownwood is they every game, they've really feasted on opposing teams' turnovers. La Vega's not going to turn the ball over. They don't fumble the ball, and they don't throw the ball enough to really uh, run the risks of interceptions. So Brownwood's going to have to win first down and put La Vega in second and third and long and try to get them off the field. Look, so I mean, it's, it's super it, fascinated. Well, it just goes back to, like, the only way to beat La Vega is you have to match them. At, you have to at least play them to a draw in the trenches. Yes. Right? That's the big thing. It's like you go back to what Argyle was able to do against them, and that's what made me so impressed with Argyle is not the court, not Bo Hogeboom. Bo Hogeboom's awesome. We know that. Not Tito Bice, who's now injured, by the way, but not not those guys and not the defense. What it was was it was the offensive and defensive lines because yes. all they did was they matched up well against them. And that's 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 where it has to start because it, it go back to the state championship game against against Liberty Hill last year. It's like Liberty Hill they they were about a half step behind La Vega up front and that's what ended up being the difference in a 14 point game. You know? And that's yeah. that's the way you do it. So um yeah, I think that's an excellent pick. I think that's I, that's one of the that's one of the no-brainer picks. It's actually a really good week. It's a great week, especially in the, in the, the 4A and below yes, ranks. It really, really is. Um, yes. So I think that's an excellent pick. I – do I want to go there first? I don't know. Okay. I am going to go there first. I am going to take the only matchup of undefeateds in the state this week. Stepped it. Oh, that, no, you're here. You're here. Okay, that's that's, sure. that's uh that, that that's the one I was looking at for round two. So you, see, you there's there's a little bit of strategy going on here with uh yes, with these is. games because I, I I had that one on my radar. It is New Deal, the Lions, and it is post the Antelopes in a tantalizing tantalizing two A Division one game that I think. Uh, the winner of this game is the favorite in Region One. Um, Absolutely, I think so. This is this is a great litmus test for us to to see how Post matches up against a, someone in their in their weight class. Sure, because you know Post has been Post. Both these teams are obviously eight and zero, and and Post. I think New Deal because they played for a title last year and, and all that fun stuff. I think that there are people who understandably have paid a little bit more attention to them than maybe uh, that have to Post, uh, but. Post is a very solid squad who has really mowed through everybody that they've played. They've dominated people, and, you know, their defense has been solid. I would say it's solid, but the offense has really lit it up, and that's something that has been very impressive to me. Um, it's the old bold gold. Uh, Tatum Tatum Thetford, their quarterback, and their running back, uh, Nathan McDaniel, have been really good. Uh, they do have, I would say— 
a signature win uh, already. Yes, they do. That win at Abernathy is a very good win that has aged very well. Um, that is a and, and people people point to that and go, oh, it was a, it was a range shortened game. Okay. That game was late in the third quarter. I mean, yeah. I mean, Post was in that. I mean, even if yeah, even if Post would have lost that game in the fourth quarter, playing a team in a, a division above them in Abernathy, a three a D two school, close, still would have been a nice feather in the cap. That's a that's a good result regardless. Like if they let's say let's say that uh, let's say Abernathy scores two more two more times, right? Let's say they t- score two more times and that game ends twenty seven fourteen. I'm still looking at that going. You know what? It's a really good result. You know, on the road absolutely, at, at, absolutely. at a 3A team. Going up against New Deal. Uh, New Deal is an interesting squad that has tried to figure out, like, we, we had big questions about what they were going to do offensively, obviously, uh, without uh, Jet Whitfield from last year, as well as, uh, what was his name? What was the receiver? D- DK Blaylock. DK Blaylock. <laughs> uh, Hayden Caudill has stepped up in a big way. They are, they are a team that has gone a lot more to the ground attack this, week, this year, and they've done it effectively. Now, um, their defense has been very, very good as well. But, I mean, if you want to say New Deal ain't played nobody, I think that's a fair criticism. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, they, they've done what they should do, which is win pretty handily in most of their games. Um, but I, I would say – and neither of these – that's the interesting thing about this, about this game is other than post win over Abernathy, I, I don't see anything yeah. that just jumps off the page as far as resume goes. We're kind of assuming both of these teams are really good because of past pedigree, but I mean, this is a really interesting. I think both these teams, for the first time in quite some time, are playing a, a team in their weight class. So, uh, yeah, and the thing is, the computer, the computer does. I'll say this: the computer really does like Sundown. The computer thinks Sundown's a really good squad, and so as a result, last week's post posts really fourteen point win over Sundown. Uh, they take that pretty seriously. I mean, Sundown's a team. If you're, I mean, again, we're going with like the got to do two different like different levels of what it means like sundown beat tohoka which is a win that has aged very well suddenly uh they beat wink which is a nice win um but like to me we don't really have that really rock solid data point on new deal and we only have about half a data point on post and so if we're going to figure out who's coming out of region one and by the way maybe neither of these teams it could be holly it could be panhandle or west texas uh which is another huge game uh if, if it's one of these teams, we're going to find out real quick. Because if, if one of these teams, like, for example, if Post I'll, if Post comes out there and blows the doors off a new deal, it's time to, like, sit up and pay attention. That would be a really impressive result to me. So, yes, um, that is, that's, for me, the biggest thing. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in how this game plays out. Because I think that this will give us a good litmus test for exactly, not only, obviously, I think the winner of this game is almost certainly winning the district, although Sundown could still kind of force a three-way tie. But more importantly, we're going to get a bigger view of four A or 2A Division One region, region 1. Yeah, and I think a potential I – mean, I think in Region 2, we kind of all, all have San Saba. Yes. Uh, kind of as the as – the, so this is kind of a look at maybe a potential state semifinal matchup. Because yeah. um, I do think the winner um, – you know, because of New Deal, what they did last year, the winner of this game I think is going to evolve themselves up into the favorite status uh, in 2A Division One region. But I do think it's a lot better. It's a lot better region this year. It's a lot tougher region. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to go to the Metroplex and a big game with uh, potential historical implications as the Highland Park Scots at seven and one visit Weibo Land, the Lancaster Tigers, who are also seven and one. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Weibo is Lancaster's kind of 
take on Mojo, mm -hmm. and it stands for We Believe in Orange. Mm -hmm. So uh, just a little fun fact for you there. Um, Highland Park head coach Randy Allen is one win away from 400 wins. Yeah. So that's a huge milestone. Only, I think, two or three other coaches, G.A. Moore, three coaches, Phil Danaher, G.A. Moore, and Gordon Wood have reached that milestone. So Coach Allen will be the fourth uh, to reach that milestone with the win, but it's going to be tough. They're going to Lancaster. The one thing I noticed about this game, both of these teams have one loss, and their loss is to the number one team in the state in a specific classification. Lancaster lost the season opener to Duncanville. They've won seven in a row. Duncanville is the number one team in our 6A rankings. Highland Park lost that game in week three to Frisco Lone Star at home, who is the number one team in our 5A Division I rankings. So both these teams have great pedigrees. We haven't really learned a lot about these teams the past few weeks because the, they've just dominated their district opponents. Highland Park, um, they've outscored their district opponents 339 to 12. <laughs> uh, they were up 72 to nothing at halftime last week. So, you know, really don't know too much about Highland Park. Uh, Lancaster, up until last week, had kind of done the same thing in all their district games. But they've got a couple of nice feathers in their cap because they blew out Mansfield Legacy 61 to 6. And Legacy is down for sure. But still, you beat Legacy 61 to 6. That's impressive. And then last week, a huge win over Mansfield Timberview. A good, a really good Mansfield Timberview team, 33 to 12, 33 to 10. And, you know, I thought the key in this game, uh, big third quarter from Lancaster kind of broke this game open. Their star running back, Trey Bradford, um, ran for a couple of touchdowns and also had a 54-yard touchdown reception in this game. Lancaster's got some firepower. They are are, are they're going to be super athletic. They're going to make plays. They're, they're going to be dynamic. The thing is Highland park is, is so efficient. They're, they're just a machine Chandler Morris at quarterback. And they've got the two stars. They got Chandler Morris on, on the offensive side of the ball. They got Prince Dorbell on the defensive side of the ball. You throw those two stars in with just that machine and that, that efficiency that Highland park always plays with. I mean, I talked to Chris Gilbert about the game last year that they, they went to Highland park and played Highland park tough. And, and the thing that Chris Gilbert, came away with in that game telling me was just how you know just how lethally lethally efficient highland park is you know you make you make one mistake you're, you're one step off you, you you do something different or you do something out of, out of place one time and highland park just makes you pay so dearly mm -hmm. and, and and it's it's the old mantra of highland park they make you beat them and you've got to play a, a perfect game to beat them Lancaster's more than capable of doing it at, at, at home. They're going to have a big crowd. They, they'll have uh, some momentum, but it's easier said than done against the Scots. And, and it's tough for me to pick against Highland Park ever, uh, especially in the regular season. But I'm super interested in this game because I think both of these teams, um, aside from first, these might be this, you know, the, if you, if you took the top three teams in region two, division one, five, a, it's Frisco Lone Star one, and I think these two are two and three in the region. So uh, a big litmus test here. And here, here's, a, I think, another thing to keep in mind is the loser of this game may actually have a playoff edge because you would not see Lone Star until the fourth round. Mm. The, the winner of this game potentially matches up with Lone Star in round three. So one interesting nugget there. Um, would you care to guess? I've got this pulled up, so I'm not pulling this out of my butt. Would you care to guess the last time that Highland Park lost two regular season games in a season? I don't. It wasn't their two years in six A, was it? Was it one of the? Was it recently when they were six A? Nope. They only, they only lost one. Mm -hmm. They lost a horn. I know. I know one year. Uh, gosh. Two thousand and two. I'm just nineteen ninety seven. Wow. 
1998, which was the last year of Scott Smith as the head coach before Randy Allen came in. Randy Allen has never lost two regular season games at season at Highland Park. That is among the amazing stats that Randy, which is why he's one win away from Correct. 400. That's why he's, he just, yes. He just wins a lot. He does. He is very good at winning. Uh, this is going to be, um, this is a game that, to me, you know, so Ishmael Johnson, our colleague, was at the Timberview Lancaster game. And I asked him, I was like, so what do you, you know, what do you think of Lancaster? He goes, they're really good. Like, they're really fast. Um, I was like, so did you come with, like, do you think they can beat Highland Park? It's like, I just, like, I don't know because it was raining. So it's like, you never really know how that affects a team. Like, you know, did he get to see full strength Lancaster? Um, I think Trey Bradford is the X factor. If he is able to get going on the ground, if Lancaster is able to run the ball, um, that's going to open everything up for them. And, and that's got to be the key for them. They've got to establish the run. Um, because also keep the ball away from Highland Park. For all sure, you don't you don't want Highland Park having the ball too much. No. They're, they're, they will make you pay. Yes, uh, I think it's a really really interesting game. I don't. I, I I'm gonna sp- I'm, I'm I'll be honest. I've I've, I've this is gonna be one of the spotlight games on my picks video, but I haven't quite decided who I'm taking yet. Um, Computers guy is a one point game for Lancaster, um, which is interesting. Interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. Lancaster is the favorite. Yeah. All right, my second pick. I am going to... Yeah, all right. I'm going to (laughs) go... This is going to be a little bit off the board, but I'm going to go to East Texas. I'm going to go to East Texas, and I'm going to check in on the number two team in our 4A Division I rankings as the Carthage Bulldogs welcome in the Henderson Lions. And, They're hated rivals. And is there a team that hates Carthage more than Henderson? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I can guarantee no, you that. Absolutely not. Uh, Carthage has beaten them one, two, three, four, five straight times. Um, there was a minute there where they had not scored. Like, they went, like, two years without allowing a point to Henderson. Um, this has been a, a rivalry that has been dominated by Carthage. Uh, but I think Henderson, as weird as it is to say, I think Henderson's super underrated. Um, I think this team's really good. And if you they've t- been good for a while, it's just they're so they get overshadowed by Carthage. It's, you know, Carthage just kind of reminds me of, of, of Alabama and Auburn a little bit in a yeah. way because. You know, since Nick Saban took over at Alabama, you know, Alabama's just taken off. And Carthage, since Scott Surratt's taken over at at, at Carthage, uh, it's been complete dominating. I don't want to say Scott Surratt's Nick Saban of high school football in Texas, but it's kind of a, a similar trajectory in a lot of ways. So the – I mean, Phil Castles is, is, is a darn good coach, and he's got – He's got a team that I think is really starting to play its best ball right now. Um, they took an early loss to Pleasant Grove. Okay, fine. You know, but a, a lot of teams have done that. Um, and then they, they had this weird loss at Palestine. Very mystifying. Like, just a, like almost like they didn't show up for the game. But since then, they beat Kilgore and they beat Tyler Chapel Hill. Now they get a chance to go on the road to Carthage and take on the Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs, last we checked on them, was were basically beating 
Pleasant Grove. Uh, it's really the last time we've really paid attention to them. Uh, but since then, they got a good win over Van in what felt like a bit of a trap game on the road in a district opener. They beat Chapel Hill. They beat Palestine. Stuff like that. Carthage, dominated Palestine. 43 nothing. Pretty Car- dominant. And, and, and for all we were wondering about who was going to step up for this offense, and Kai Horton, their quarterback, has really stepped up in a big way. But the question of who stepped up, who's going to step up for Carthage has been answered emphatically by their defense. Um, their defense has been awesome. It's been lights out. And that is what's ultimately, if they want to win a state championship, that's what's ultimately going to have to lead the way for them. Um, now, Henderson's going to come in this game wanting, you know, with 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 uh, just – just piss and vinegar. You know what I mean? Like they are going to be for sure. They are going to want this win more than any game uh, out there. Uh, now we're going to see if they can go and do it. They are large underdogs, according to the computer. They are, in fact, thirty-three point underdogs, according to the computer. But um, if they can do it, you know, if they can keep this thing close, put keep this thing. You know, don't get blown out in the first half. Don't lose this game in the first half. Is the name of the game for Phil Castles and company. Don't go out there and lose this game in the first half. If you keep this game close. Maybe you can get Carthage a little bit rattled, and and you can find a way to to steal this one. That would be a huge. That would obviously, turn a lot of things upside down. But if you're just into a, a good old East Texas slugfest, this is this is what that is. This is two teams that truly despise one another, going at it and knocking heads on Friday night. It, it, it's it's good for the soul. Is what it's for. Oh yeah. A- ask Gabe Brooks what his opinion of uh, Henderson is. Yes. You'll, get, you'll get some hot takes. You'll get hot, some hot takes coming off. So that is my second pick. What is your third pick, Matthew? All right. Uh, I'm going to go to San Antonio for a game that I don't think is getting much play, but I think is a sneaky good matchup. I think I know what you're taking. Uh, it is the Freedom Bowl as San Antonio Wagner yes. eight and one takes on San Antonio Veterans Memorial at seven and one. Seven and one. Both teams are unbeaten in district, and both teams are Judson ISD rivals. And you know, I, I threw out a fun fact Saturday night while I was down in San Antonio at another game. Uh, Judson ISD, their three teams are a combined twenty-five and two this year, and one of those losses was Judson on Judson violence, with uh, with uh, Judson beating Wagner in the Hammer Bowl. It's pretty impressive for – I'm not sure any multi-school ISD district this year has that kind of uh, resume. Um, I'm really interested in this game because both teams in di- their district, they, they overmatch all their district opponents. Yeah. I mean, San Antonio ISD schools just can't compete with these two. So I think it's going to be a great litmus test for both of these teams, who I think are uh, regional title contenders in 5A Division One Region 4. Wagner won it last year. I think Veterans Memorial – in year two is much more experienced, a lot better, um, better equipped for this kind of game. Um, even in year one, veterans got to the second round of the playoffs, which is very impressive. I think this year, um, this could be the first of two meetings between these two. Um, Wagner, LJ Butler in that running game, they're going to do what they do. They're going to run the veer. They're going to come right at you. They're going to run the option. They're tough to prepare for. And defensively, they're so athletic and they're so fast. They're, they're a real difficult matchup. Uh, but I think Veterans Memorial is is going to be able to match them uh, speed for speed because uh, Khalid Paulette and that offense, they're a little more balanced. Veter- Veterans is a little more um, 50-50 run pass. So I think they're going to be able to stress and test uh, the Wagner defense more than they've been tested since that uh, loss that they had earlier in the year to Judson. So um, I think it's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be a, a district titles on the line in this one. And I'm, I'm super interested because I think these are the two of the best two teams 
in a 5A Division in Region 4. I think you're right. And this is this is a really interesting matchup that, again, because of the way that that region sets up, where, like, if, if, if Wagner shows that they are mortal, right? Because basically within Region 1 of 5A Division, or Region 4 of 5A Division 1, they have been untouchable, basically. Like, nobody has come yeah. Um, that's how you got, that's why you got Mission Veterans Memorial in a regional final last year. Uh, but then Wagner put the boots to him, right? If they show that they're mortal, within, by the way, Judson ISD, this would make things really interesting going forward because you're either talking about San Antonio Veterans Memorial as the favorite there, or you're talking about probably a lot more likely just a much more wide open field in five edition. Absolutely. Yeah. And so this has a lot of implications moving forward. All right. My third pick. And yeah. Okay. We are going to talk about, let's go to make sure I know where this is. Is this where I think it is? Yeah. Okay. Matt step. Let's go to wildcat stadium. In beautiful, what county is this in? In beautiful Hill County. As the Whitney Wildcats answer the question that's on everybody's mind. It's America's favorite question. (laughs) Do they got the juice? (laughs) Because they draw the defending state champs, Grandview. Whitney and Grandview. Whitney is 7-1. I think they're a very quiet 7-1. Uh, I think, For sure. I, think For sure. I think in large part because they lost that game kind of in non-district game in week four to at Robinson by one score. Now that is a game that now it's a four A, so there's that. But that's a probably a game that hasn't necessarily aged particularly well. No, Robinson at one point wasn't our top ten, and boy, they have they have fallen off the face of the earth in district play. But Whitney can do a couple of things. One, they can score, okay? They can get after it. They have a lot of different weapons. Most notably, uh, they run the ball really well with Juan Sacedo and this quarterback, Devin Wilson. But that's not to say that Wilson can't dr- dr- pull it back and throw either. They have a nice, balanced attack uh, that I think is I think is really dangerous and, and is going to be able to, I think, provide – at least for the f- for the first time in a while, at least first time since Malakoff, the big test for Grandview. Um, they've got Mark Bird is their coach. Uh, Mark Bird, of course, is is a guy. Bird is a name known in Central Texas communities. Um, th- but they are drawing Grandview, who ever since that that very narrow win over over Malakoff has just kind of been bobbing along, you know, doing what they should do, right? You know, they've, they've been kind of drilling people, and, and they haven't really slowed slowed down since then, and, and you know the name of the game for them. They, they get after the quarterback with Demetrius Crownover, um, and then they, uh, and then they they have an operator at the quarterback spot, Dane Yench. And they've got an explosive offense, Yench, and they've got the two, two-headed two monster at running back with Tremaine Gallette and Elijah Golden. They, 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 can, they can put up points in a hurry. Yes. Now, they got to go on the road, Against a team that is playing very well and a team that can score. And to me, this is a matchup. This is this is asking, it, can Whitney get Grandview into a shootout? Can they get them into, let's get up and down, let's turn this into a track meet? Uh, it, that is probably their best bet in this game. 
uh, if they're going to be able to do this. What I wonder about is whether or not Whitney can match them up front. Because Grandview is so big and physical up front for a 3A team. If they're able to do that. Obviously, you know, look. Grandview has to be your favorite in this game. I mean, they're defending state champs. They're they're undefeated. They they are the number one team in our rankings. Blah 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 blah. All that fun stuff. The computer is a lot less bullish on Grandview than they are, than we are. Um, the computer has them sixth in the state. And in fact, that's interesting. And in fact, in fact, get this: they have them fourth in their own region. Computer loves die ball, don't they? Computer Doesn't... loves die ball. Yeah. And the computer still thinks Yo and Troy are really really solid. Um, not to mention Franklin, not to mention, by the way, Whitney. Whitney can turn everything upside down and, and put a little bit of blood on the throne and make Region 3 seem like a little bit more of a for, a little bit less of a foregone conclusion uh, if they can go out there and, and win this game. And by the way, I mean, when you're matched up, I mean, we, we, spent, we spent the whole time talking about, oh, man, Rockdale, now they might have to get Grandview in the first round. Well, maybe they get Whitney in the first round. You know what I mean? Like there, there's, yeah. there's a real possibility that Whitney pulls this off, especially at home. I think they got a shot. It would be an upset, but keep an eye on this game. Grandview and Whitney is a really interesting matchup that I think we will find out once and for all. Does Whitney have the juice? Yes, I agree. All right. What is your fourth pick? That was actually the game I was going to pick. For my fourth <laughs> pick. That's okay. In your face. I'm going to go to the big country, Class 3A Division Two, Big matchup in District 4. As the seven and one big damn Lobos from Cisco, big damn Lobos take on the Anson Tigers at six and two. Uh, both teams are five and zero oh in district play and fighting for the district title, and it's gonna sort of come down to uh, this game Friday night, I believe, with yeah. uh, Cisco having to take the short road trip uh, just a little bit northwest um, to Anson, Texas. So uh, I imagine our friends from the big country are gonna be all all over this game and and. And for good reason. Both of these teams have, have dominated in district play. They both both got a brief test from Ballinger, uh, but pulled away late. And after that, they've just been blowing people away. Cisco, the last three weeks, has outscored their opponents 175 to 0, Greg Tepper. That is uh, right. That's pretty impressive. Cam Nichols and Stanley Callahan uh, lead that, you know, one thing, you know, death, taxes, and Cisco running the football. And that is what you're going to get from the Cisco Lobos, and that's what you're getting once again from Brent West squad again this year. And you know, we kind of thought, you know, after last year's, uh, you know, great regular season and then you know, stunning first round playoff loss, that Cisco would take a step back this year. And it's been anything but. Their one loss was a close game to Wall, who we all know is really good in three A Division One. And, and other than that, they've been dominating. Um, 463 yards of offense last week, and I believe over 400 of that came on the ground last week. Jeez. But the the key was they they allowed 58 yards of offense last week, and their 53 to nothing win over San Angelo Great Creek. If San Angelo, if, if Cisco's playing that kind of defense, they're they're going to be a real tough out uh, for anyone in region region one, division two, three A. But I mean, look at Anson; they won 81 to nothing last week. True <laughs> uh, Hagler. Uh, he only played about a half because Anson got their starters out of this game really quick, but uh, he had 67 yards rushing in two scores on just six carries. Um, Jacob Cisneros had a couple of touchdown runs. Um, the Tigers have won six in a row. They, they dropped their first two games of the year, and, and they've rolled out, rolled out six straight wins. Um, I'm interested to see if Anson can keep this game, you know, play, play Cisco tough. I, I don't expect the Tigers to win this one, 
but I think at home with a big crowd, a little they come out fired up. I think they have a chance to push Cisco a little bit. But I, I'm wondering if Cisco comes out and just dominates this game, if we have to really start considering Cisco as a, as a serious challenger uh, to Canadian and Abernathy in a three A Division two Region one. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and, and that is that's this is kind of a Cisco's kind of flown under the radar. Um, I think it's because of the loss last year, the first round of the playoffs, and kind of. I don't want to say forgotten about them, but we, we haven't talked about them as much as we did last year. It just year. took a little bit of the sizzle off of them, right? Took a little for bit sure, of the for sure. Them. But now, this is an opportunity that I'm, everyone will be sitting up and paying attention if they pull this one off. So I think that is a very good pick. All right. Okay. Is that what I want to do? I've been really small school heavy because it's a really good week in small school. <laughs> Excellent small school week. Um, But I need to pick a big school game. Okay, I'm gonna I, and I, I don't like to ask. Do they got the juice twice in one one game, one show? But I, I got to do it one more time because we have to figure out whether or not. Let me make sure I get this stadium right. Whether or not there's a team with the juice in Mont Bellevue, um, because. The Barbers Hill Eagles are looking very good, and they another, get, another team flying under the radar that's been very good, very much. And they get in many ways. Oh well, let's put it this way: they basically get their shot at the district title this week against Port Natchez Groves. But they, oh, I'm sorry, this is at Port, this is at PG, this is at the reservation. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough place. That's, that's, that is one of the real home field advantages in, in the Golden Triangles. Going to Port Nature's Grove. It is not fun. It is a chore. It is not fun to go to and play at PNG. Now PNG is a squad that we probably haven't paid all that much attention to this year in a lot of ways because they took two early season losses. Uh, you know, we wondered what they were going to look like without Rashawn Johnson, and the answer is not as good offensively. Like just plain and simple, they have struggled offensively to find any sort of like momentum and when they've lost it's been pretty much because they can't score okay they lost 27 to 10 to Huntsville and they lost 13 to 7 to Crosby that loss to Crosby is very mystifying that 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 was a head scratcher well by the way the week before they beat Viter 18 to 10 it's like like the the bottom line is like this offense just it, it this defense has been pretty good Good enough to hold them in every game, but the offense has not been able to find that way through. Um, offense has not necessarily been that much of a tr- problem uh, for Tom Westerberg's Eagles. Um, and this was, I think this is what everybody kind of thought we could be getting when Tom Westerberg went there to uh, to Barbers Hill. He was, they were saying, okay, what's going to happen when he gets a big old offensive line, and they have a big old offensive line. Uh, Casey Collier is a Minnesota commit. They what, do. What happens when they do that and they just start grinding people to dust? Connor Durham, Dunham, their quarterback, has been really solid. They run the ball pretty well with uh, uh, with Cone Betts. This is a really good team that is like it. Like the the comparisons to Allen are going to be inevitable because that's where Tom Westerberg made his name. This is like uh, this is like a, a way less sexy Allen. In that, for sure, less star power, right? There's just no, there's, there's almost no star power on this team, but they are good in all the ways that Allen was good in all the sneaky ways, right? Like everyone, everyone always paid too much attention to Kyler Murray, and they never paid enough attention to Greg Little, 
Okay, that's right. that's the difference. You know what I mean? They don't have a Kyler Murray, but they got a big old offensive line, and they're going to push around, and that's going to be the big test. Can they can they push around Portnich's Groves and get a and go on the road and get a win at PNG? If they do, they're going to win the dang district. Yeah. And boy, it's been a minute since they won a district, right? God, I would need to look that up. Yeah, maybe when they were in the old. When they were old four, you know now now four A, but old three A. So I think they had a couple of ten and zero regular seasons back then. They have not won a district championship since Ronnie Gage in 2011, and then before okay. that, it was 06. So like they, it's been it's been a minute, it's been a minute, and and they've got an opportunity here. If your PNG, first of all, you've got to find some sort of offensive consistency, just something. Something offensively. Yeah, Blake Boss has got to yeah. – he, he's, had, he's had moments, yes. but he hasn't been consistent. Not consistent. they got to find the offensive consistency, and that defense has got to keep playing lights out. And use that home field advantage and see if you can rattle Barber's Hill. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's – at the reservation, as you mentioned, it's no fun to play there. So that is my fourth pick. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? I am heading down to far south Texas for a big rivalry game. That has district title implications in Class 6A. Seven and one, Laredo United mm-hmm. taking on five and three, Laredo United South, and this is a blood rivalry. This is, United South was born out of United, basically, um, and these two programs have a history. They don't care for each other very much, and they get it done uh, in different ways. Laredo United, David Sanchez's ball club. They are wide open, spread. They throw it around, put up big offensive numbers. The Red United South, you know, we talked to their head coach, Sergio Salinas, at coaching school. They are a physical ball club, and they pride themselves on beating you up, basically. Um, two different styles, big crowd, lots on the line in this game. I'm super excited for this one. Um, you know, United, Wayo Huerta, the quarterback, um, you know, he's had a huge year this year. Threw for 386 yards and three touchdowns last week in their big win over Laredo Nixon, 45 to 14. 200 yard receivers. That's what Laredo United's going to do. They're going to spread it out. They're going to throw it around. United South. Brian Benavidez, the running back at United South, has put together an all-state type season. He's been up for Player of the Week yeah. at least twice. I think he won it. I think he's won it once. Um, just all all year long has put up big numbers. But they got pushed last week by Del Rio in a bit of a surprise. They, they, need, they needed a last-second field goal to beat Del Rio 24-21. to 21. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they played their best game last week. They're going to be on their game this week. But I, I think this game comes down to styles. You know, styles make fights. And in this game, it's definitely going to come down to uh, tempo and pace, which, which team is going to enforce their will on the other. Um, United South United South's going to want to kind of grind it out, keep the ball away from United, and, and control things with their running game. While United, I think, is going to go go no huddle. They're going to try to up the tempo. And if they can jump on United South early and put them behind the eight ball, I think that'll be uh, big for them uh, in this game. That's going to decide a 29-6A title. I mean, these two teams are undefeated. They're the two best teams in the district, and I think they're going to go at it at the uh, United ISD uh, Student Act- Activities Center for uh, the district title. Yeah, I think I think so, and it's you know you mentioned it. It's a it's a blood rivalry. It's a game that um, it's one of those games that like it's the one you gotta win. It's like it, when, sure. and when you sprinkle in the district title implications, that's what makes it so interesting. And by the way, like even like like put aside for a second, put aside for the second that this is uh, that that this is a big rivalry game. Put aside for a second the district championship game. This is for the top D one seed. 
Um, and the, yes. the loser, this, game. loser of this game's going on the road, and they're probably going to. Oh, who's going to fish? Mission? Mission. I mean, mission. Probably going to Mission. And and I know that people who maybe aren't from the Valley or aren't from that part of the state, from South Texas, are thinking, oh, okay, well, that's right down the street. That is not. That is a long. About two hours. That is a long, annoying road trip. <laughs> it's a really annoying road trip. And so. I've made that drive and it's not fun. No, it's no fun. And so to go on the road and play Mission, a good Mission team, by the way, uh, there's a lot on the line here. So I think that's a really, really good pick, United and United South. My fifth and final pick, Matthew. I'm gonna go east. How about east? Yeah, I mean, I did, I did, I did. Carthage and Henderson. Carthage Carthage Henderson. Henderson. I'm gonna yeah. do another one. You can't stop me. Let's talk about two teams. One that I, I know one of them is. I, I, I'm forgetting our rankings right now. I'm gonna have to look this up on the fly. Um, I know one of them's ranked. Yeah. Let's talk about the number eight team in 3A Division Two, the Paul Pewitt Bramas. Ooh, another blood rivalry here. Who take on Dangerfield in a game dripping with implications and dripping with disdain for one another. Uh, two teams that don't like each other that will probably decide the district title. Now, I, I don't, I don't, you know, you, you get a lot of the time the coaches are very friendly with each other. I get the vibe that the coaching staffs don't care for each other very much between these two either. I kind of, I mean, this is kind of one of those games. I kind of get that vibe too. Um, Dangerfield is, you know, and, and now look, everybody wants a piece of Dangerfield, right? Because they've been so good for so long. And in a lot of ways, um, they kind of, um, they kind of they're the big they're the big bully on the block yeah. and these these Dangerfield and Omaha are not far from each no. other. If you look on a map, they're like 15 miles away. Right. And Dangerfield has always been the bigger community. It's very it's very rare these two are in the same district because Dangerfield was kind of a 3A school for a long time and and Pew was a 2A school. So they have been they haven't played very often. But anytime they play in any sport. It's yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah, and and so this is a huge huge matchup between these two teams. Pewitt, if you're unfamiliar with Paul Pewitt, this is a team that that cracked our rankings a couple weeks ago. They're up to number eight, and they do one thing super well, which is they just run the stinking ball. Yep, they run the crap out of it. <laughs> they just they run it and run it and run it and run it and run it. Uh, they have uh, they are averaging 415 yards a game on the ground. They have five guys who have more than 450 yards on the ground. I mean, the, the headliner here is is the running back Lejathan Allen, who had he had some stupid game a couple weeks ago. I think he was our four player of the week a, a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he has been ridiculous, and and but they spread the ball around and they run the ball really well, and that keeps their defense fresh. Um, it's, I mean, it's a real, it, it's not, it's not hard to see why, uh, Paul Pewitt has been successful. It's a bold strategy, but it's, it works. Yeah. If the other team doesn't have the ball, it's really hard for them to score. It's, it's bold. I know, but it, it works. Increasingly difficult. Uh, but they've, but by the way, when their defense is on the field, they're pretty good. And, and this was a team we thought had a chance to be pretty good. Nine starters on offense, eight starters on defense back. But that slot T is just humming, and 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 the slot T is the devil. We've we've gone on the and by the way, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Do we see a ton of slot T in East Texas? No, only in that little pocket with Paul Pewitt and Hugh Springs. Yeah. It's like this little pocket in Northeast Texas that runs a slot T, but it's, it's very much a Golden Triangle and South Texas offense. Well, Dangerfield is um, Dangerfield is kind of what they always are, which is just a team with a bunch of dudes. 
like they, I was talking with my buddy who's an assistant coach at Gunner, and because they just got done, or uh, and he just got they just got done playing City View, uh, which I'll fall City View, and he goes, dude, City View and Dangerfield are just like they're the same team, like they've just yeah. got, they've just got dudes. I've and, seen Dangerfield in person this year, and I I, I can validate they uh, they are extremely athletic at the skill spots. They can fly. Jacoby Craver uh, went nuts last week in their win over Wascom. They are a team that can fly now. Defense uh, sometimes leaves something to be desired. They're they're either really good or really there's no in between. Yeah, they're either really good or they're really bad. And so that's what makes this game so interesting: is can the Paul Pewitt offense find some traction on the ground against Dangerfield? And I mean, here's the thing: if you're Dangerfield's defense, you basically don't have to worry about the pass. Like, I, uh, hold on, let me pull. There's I have their stats pulled up. Paul Pewitt has thrown the ball. Um, they have thrown the ball a grand total of 17 times this year. Um, they're not going to throw. If oh, that's incredible. We're in week 10. They've thrown seven. That's, they're averaging two passes a game, basically. If they are throwing the ball, then you have already won the game, is what we're saying. So, to me, like, if you're, if you're Dangerfield, key on the run, and then get your, get your guys out in, in space. You're, they're going to be the faster team. They're going to be faster team than basically anybody they ever play. But the question is going to be on the defense. Can they find a way to slow down what nobody else has been able to do, which is slow down this Paul Pugh, uh offense? I think this is a really fun game. Uh, winner of this game. I mean, now remember, Dangerfield took that weird loss to the Cab a couple weeks ago, um, which kind of opens things up. But if Paul Pugh wins this game, they're going to win the district. And... If they win that district, I mean, that's you. You want to get you want to get away because especially that district twelve that they're matched up with, Newton, Corgan, Camden, Anderson, Shiro, top three. You want to finish top one in this district. Stay away from them in the early going. So that is my fifth pick. And now with your hipster game of the week is Matt Stapp. Here's a rarity, but my hipster game is actually going to be the Friday night game that I'm attending. Oh my gosh. I know. I just I'm so hipster. I have to actually go to this game. But we've got two rivals playing for a district title as the Ennis Lions are visiting the Corsicana Tigers and a game Ennis is seven and one, uh five and oh in district no six and oh in district play. Corsicana is seven and two in six and one in district play. Uh Corsicana had a had a surprising loss to Roy City a couple of weeks ago, but um, doing very well, having a good year under first-year head coach Hal Lawson. Ennis is in their second year under Sam Harrell. Talk about two head coaches. With what some a pedigree, coaching right? matchup. I mean, man. Uh, and, and I, what Ennis, what's helped Ennis this year is very under the radar. Colin Drake transferred into Ennis this year. They're, they're, his dad is Don Drake, who was the former head coach at McKinney Boyd. Mm. And when he got let go, uh, Coach Drake needed a gig, and Sam Harrell – a very savvy hire hiring the coach with the really good quarterback son hmm. and soft sophomore quarterback colin drake can run sam harrell's up tempo spread offense and he has been a huge addition for ennis and ennis in their second you know last year was a transition year because jack alvarez and ennis kind of ran that you know he doesn't like to call it a wing t offense but they had a lot of wing t principles they were very run oriented offense and then he transitioned to sam harrell who runs the spread um so it took some time to kind of get used to it. Now you've got a trigger man at quarterback in Colin Drake. Can run the offense really well. They're going into a tough environment in Corsicana. That's going to be a big crowd on Friday night. Uh, these two towns aren't far from each other. 
and they've got a ton of history. So uh, I'm really excited about this game Friday night, and I'm going to be there uh, to cover it. So I'm, I'm super, super intrigued. Uh, and then you throw in the fact that the district title's on the line, and you're going to have a lot, a lot of, lot of, lot of fun. Uh, lot of it'll be a lot of fun on Friday night for sure. I that's a great coaching matchup. Really, I mean, hard to beat that coaching matchup. I am going to go. Look, we're at the point now where in week not like your hipster picks should be basically be for district championships. Um, here's my hipster pick for a district championship. Both teams are already in the playoffs, but the district one two a division two championship will be decided when Van Horn travels on the road a full hundred and how far is this? Hundred and twenty nine miles to Wink, Texas, to take on okay. the Wildcats in Winkler County. Uh, it is uh, it is it, the district title is on the line. Wink has been very like like they took three losses early uh, in non-district play. They played a pretty tough non-district play. They lost to Sundown, they lost to Coahoma, and then they lost to Alpine. Um, all obviously bigger than them, and then also you know played a lot of them pretty tight. Um, but Wink is Wink is a team that. It has a little bit of they have some some good balance to their offense. Uh, they've they found a little bit of running game uh, with this running back Zach Rosas. Uh, they have been able to to keep the ball on the ground and their defense has stepped up in a big way. Van Horn is uh, another team that that I think took some losses early. Some of them not so good. Although like for example, their loss to Cristoval has aged well. Um, that's that's a pretty good loss I would say, but. This is a team that has a chance to go on the road and win a district championship. Look, this district is not very good, I'll be honest, right? And Wink's your favorite in this one. This is the district that harbors McKamey and Ira Ann at the bottom, which is going to be they'll be whoever loses that game this week between Ira Ann and McKamey will be first-round cannon fodder, cannon fodder for Sudan probably in the first round. But this is an opportunity to win a district championship uh, uh, you know, for Wink, uh, which I know is always – you know, priority one for all these coaches, and most certainly is, is priority one out there uh, in Wink, Texas. So I'm going to go with the game out there at Wild on Wildcat Drive in Wink, Texas. Uh, I'm going to go with Wink and Van Horn. You know, th- th- something to keep in mind: th- Van Horn is, uh, I think, dropping down to six man next year. So I this is kind of their their last hurrah in yeah. eleven man. So it's impressive they're still competing for a district yeah. title. Uh, with those really low numbers. Four and four. Yeah, exactly. And what is your schedule looking like this week, Matthew? All right. So Thursday night, Halloween, I will be at a big game uh, in District 6-5A Division Two as Dallas Kimball takes on South Oak Cliff. So a little DISD love on uh, on Thursday night. Friday night, NS, NS visiting Corsicana in a big game there. Mm. And then we'll see if I can keep my Saturday uh, hot streak going because, you yeah, know, last really? Saturday I had a great game Saturday with San Antonio Johnson and San Antonio Roosevelt, uh, an overtime game. Uh, so we'll see if I can keep it going this week because I'm back in Houston as Houston Memorial takes on Cy Creek, a yeah. team we talked about earlier. So we'll get to see if Cy Creek maybe has a little bit of the juice. Yes, Cy Creek is, is a team that is probably rooting very hard for for. Westbrook to go up to D1 because if they go up to D1 then it's like it's you start looking and you're like Cy Creek straight Jesuit like all of these teams waiting for things to clear out uh, so you will be you'll be a little bit of a, you'll be a world traveler yes yes I'll, I'll land a Thursday afternoon from Atlanta and head straight to a game because that's very, the most on brand thing that I can think of mm-hmm. and then uh, go down to Houston Saturday for a little Cy Creek Houston Memorial and then uh, after that it's kind of you know 
playoff time in Texas because next week will be the last week of the regular season and we'll start uh, collecting playoff matchups at that point. Doing brackets. It's a wonderful time of the year. It's a beautiful time of the year. It really is. Well, that is going to do it for us uh, for this episode of Tough and Stuff. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We really do appreciate it. Uh, TexasFootball.com has everything you need, including snapshot numbers. Uh, We got – you're going to update playoff projections, right? Yes. I'll probably start working on that. It's, It's Monday afternoon. Uh, I'll probably start working on uh, playoff projections tonight and hopefully have it done uh, sometime tomorrow up on the website, maybe by Wednesday. It's a wonderful, wonderful time of year. Well, thank you for spending part of your day with us. And, Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll be back next week. See you next time. 7-7.